This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. First up, Selangor is going to be the first state to introduce a free sanitary pad program next year as part of a move to address period poverty and one that I'm actually quite excited by. Yeah, the state budget was some uh, 2.54 billion ringgit was tabled on November the 25th. The Selangor government has allocated some 200,000 ringgit out of that, uh, sorry, rather out of the 6. Oh, sorry, 65.5 million budgeted for public health to provide free sanitary pads and whole awareness campaigns as a way of addressing period poverty. So period poverty is something that we've discussed, um, you know, a fair amount, I think. And in that conversation, a big part of it has always been, well, this issue of providing free um providing free sanitary pads, particularly for people who aren't able to otherwise access it. There's also just the general discussion around the cost of having, the costs rather involved of having a period. And I think the other thing worth considering, or rather the necessary extension of this conversation is why is it important? Because I think when we talk about what people who don't have access to things like sanitary pads encounter, it really is just a huge limitation, right? You can't really move around. Uh, you can't really, your your work might be interrupted, your schooling might be interrupted because during what is in general already a very uncomfortable monthly experience. Yeah, I think there was, you know, I think about two years ago when this issue came up, uh, there was some pushback on uh, the advocates who were trying to make visible the problem. And I remember it was not just a gender problem in the sense that, you know, men gen- uh, have been for the last, I, I don't know, a uh, couple of decades shielded from the reality that uh, women's um, women's menstrual uh, cycles and rhythms, but also a class issue. So there was, uh, and I think, a very well-known individual, I think a child of a politician who just... Uh, Express skepticism, and this is the the class divide because it was like it's only twenty ringgit a month. Or How can so, you not be able to, to afford, afford that? it, right? Mm. And so this uh, this um, I think this lack of sympathy and empathy for uh, younger women, especially from the working class, for whom you know when budgets are tight, might have to sacrifice this one thing. So. Therein lies that intersection, not just of gender, but of the the question of class, right? Because that's a big one. For some people, 20 ringgit a month, say even 50 ringgit a month, uh, dedicated to being able to have a sanitary period uh, might not be considered a lot. Uh, But for others, it's it's money for food, it's money for shelter. And so the, the differences in that need to be evened out. And I think that's where something like this program comes in. Of course, how much you can achieve with 200,000 ringgit is also something that needs to be discussed and something we'll get into with our guest after this. Um, but again, the discussion today, uh, at least for now, is focused on the fact that Slango is going to be the first state in the country to introduce a free sanitary pad program next year. Uh, this is part of a move to combat period poverty. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, do you think that there is still a, a lack of awareness or political will when it comes to this issue of period poverty? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this. We're going to be joined by Chow Jo Yi, co-founder of Bulan Sisters. So keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. Bigotry Free Malaysia. 
BFM 89.9. It is 5.12. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. We're talking today about period poverty, uh, but more specifically the fact that Selangor is going to be the first state to introduce a free sanitary pad program as part of their state budget 2023. Uh, we are asking you as well, what are your thoughts on this? And is there still, uh, you think, a lack of awareness around the subject of period poverty? If you'd like to weigh in, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Speaking with us on this is Chow Jo Yi, co-founder of Bulan Sisters, an organisation that aims to demystify menstrual health amongst all genders and eradicate period poverty in underprivileged communities. Jo Yi, thanks for speaking to us today. Hi, thanks for having us um, on BFM today. So um, the Selangor State Government will be introducing a free sanitary pad program. The allocation is 200000 to do this. Um, can you give us a rough idea about what this allocation can, can do for women? Sure. Um, based on what I've read, the Selangor Government is actually planning to provide free sanitary pads as well as um, menstrual awareness programs. So based on rough estimates, our last fund, uh, Bulan Sister Fund and Pink Flag fundraiser raised about $50,000, which was sufficient for about 2500 boxes of um, um, sanitary pad kits uh, for three months. So for a budget of about 200,000, this could probably support 100,000 menstruating people for about three months. Um, And that's not including the budget for educational programs as well. But I would like to note that this is uh, particularly a short-term solution as as it is um, only three months. So just to follow up on that, I mean, why do you think the government of Slango, and it seems very laudable that they're doing this, and it seems to be like the, the first or only state in the federation to do it, uh, why do this long term rather than this be a long, uh, you know, kind of a commitment, an annual commitment to supporting young girls? I mean, this is just a rough estimate. I'm pretty sure for 200,000, they could uh, potentially support less people for a longer period of time. But um, I think right now, because period poverty has only really entered the spotlight maybe a couple, maybe one or two years ago. Before that, it was a very stigmatized topic and no one really spoke about it. So um, this initial budget of 200,000 is what I, what I hope is just a stepping stone into more long-term solutions. Slango, uh, as mentioned, is the first state to do this. Why do you think it's taken so long for there to be a provision of this type in Malaysia? Uh, as I mentioned previously, uh, peer poverty was quite a hidden issue uh, before maybe like two years ago. And obviously, um, there are a lot of healthcare problems that are plaguing our health systems right now. So I think um, politicians are more focused on those as opposed to uh, peer poverty, which is not really spoken about. Uh, Joey, there's also a question of uh, Selangor as a state. It's highly urbanized. Uh, do, do you think this, this makes it very uh, much easier, rather, to carry out this program? And what lessons can Selangor provide for the rest of the Federation? I think definitely, because... Uh, keep in mind that period poverty is a multifaceted issue. It's not just the issue of uh, not having enough uh, sanitary products. It's also the issue of not having hygienic facilities or privacy or even like um, education about your menstrual cycles. So um, for in Selangor, we do have more infrastructure relative to other states. And hence, I think it would be easier for a rollout of this uh, case uh, to occur here. I think um, on lessons, other states could take away that, um, you know, 
Is, 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 okay, can I just put it this way? Are, are there, you know, when we talk about what's specific to Selangor, we talk about being highly urbanized. So is it going to be difficult to replicate in states uh, or parts of the Federation that are not highly urbanized with the mostly rural people where the need is greatest? Uh, so what do you think could be learned about this uh, program? Or is, you know, is this program going to be a kind of um, an experiment about how to deliver, how to raise awareness and what the pushback might be? I think it might be a little bit difficult to base. Uh, again, as you said, Selangor is ha- more highly urbanized than other states. So I think it will be a bit dif- uh, difficult to use Selangor as a blueprint uh, for the same rollout in other states. Um, for other states, I think there might be more pushback because of issues with sanitation, uh, issues with like infrastructure and not being able to access the communities that need it the most. And If we look at this nationwide, um, there's very little data on period poverty because of the stigma. Do we have a rough estimate, though, of how many women are affected by this in Malaysia? So um, globally, the World Bank estimates about half a billion uh, women are suffering from period poverty. But it's shocking and uh, not shocking enough that in Malaysia, we don't have statistics of this kind. I do know that a few um, organizations that are working against period poverty have been working within their own small communities. But right now, we do not have aggregate statistics of just how many people there are who need this kind of support. Can you talk us through some of the kind of lasting consequences of uh, somebody suffering from period poverty? I mean, examples already of missing school or perhaps missing days at work. Uh, in the long term, what does it mean for women in our society? I think the biggest issue with period poverty is is that it perpetuates the poverty cycle. So without a stable education, um, obviously you won't be able to get a stable employment. Um, hence. Um, pe- uh, people who are affected with this issue will tend to be less skilled than the people who have a stable um, education. So without this, uh, they tend if they drop out of school, they drop out of work, they are not able to lift themselves out of the poverty cycle, and this continues on for generations. Um, obviously, the other issue is the health care issues that might uh that might stem from this. Like if you are not able to manage your periods uh, sanitarily, you might get uh, you might be more susceptible to like infections if you don't have enough pets to like change regularly or enough uh like say taps or enough clean water to wash yourself so I think it's very difficult to talk about this without also addressing the issue of stigma. Um, what is it about period poverty that makes it uncomfortable for people to talk about um so for stigma. Right now, for uh, for most schools that do have menstrual education, the other gender is not really brought into it. And traditionally, we've seen that periods have been a sort of issue that, you know, you kind of like uh, have to mind on your own. You don't really talk about because, um, well, it's just it's just something that we were raised to not talk about. I remember like in my school when we had our talk about periods and how to manage them uh, kept, uh, safely, all the girls were brought into one, um, into the auditorium and all the boys were told to leave. And then we would, uh, we would talk to about it to them. Um, then when we w- went back to the class, I remember all the girls would just like keep hush hush about what we talked about. So yeah, I think one of the main issues is that um, not every, it's not an inclusive topic to talk about. Can you explain why you think um, boys need to know this? They need to know what 
a, a period is, <laughs> what it is to be without uh, these options of a sanitary pad or a tampon or, a, or a, a cup. I mean, why do boys need to know this? I think in daily life, like every, every male, every non-menstruating person uh, definitely knows someone who menstruates. And I think it should be, it's a normal it's a normal bodily process, and I don't think we should be ashamed to talk about it. And uh, obviously, people who don't menstruate can provide support for the people who do, because it can be a very painful process if you're affiliate, uh, afflicted by like heavy cramps or heavy flow. Yeah, and I just think all around, it should be a more normalized topic to talk about. So we do have uh, WhatsApp messages from Cheongkyet and Wei, both of whom are asking, why aren't free menstrual cups uh, being considered? Uh, they go on to point out that it's practical, it's an environmentally friendly option. And menstrual cups, I think, come up every single time there is a conversation about period poverty for these very reasons, that they're reusable, um, that they're environmentally friendly. But I think, you know, off air, you did speak about how this might not always be feasible for some communities. I think there is also, uh, you know, a steep learning curve that is associated with using a menstrual cup, particularly if it is uh, your first time. Could you expand on that? I remember when Bulan Sisters first rolled out a survey, uh, I think it was for a rural community in Sarawak. Um, we asked them if they would prefer a not really menstrual cup, but more of a reusable sanitary pad um, or disposable pads. And most of them pick disposable pads. And this is due to the issue of like not having proper hygiene infrastructure to wash um, uh, the uh, the reusable pad. And I think this extends to uh, menstrual cups because do keep in mind that after every use of the menstrual cup, you do have to boil it to get rid of the bacteria. Otherwise, you might be, again, um, susceptible to uh, bacterial infections. I'm also curious whether there is um, still, I suppose, some resistance. I mean, for a long time, I, it's also been thought of as tampons, for example, not being preferable in certain communities. Yes, um, yes. We've also heard the uh, taboo about like tampons and menstrual cups. Um, we've gotten some concerns asking like if this would take away their virginity. I think that's a matter of more education. But it is, um, it is worthy to note that when providing solutions to certain communities, we can't have like a sort of God context. We have to understand what the communities would like the most to use to be able to solve this uh, problem more effectively. Joe, you know, I must admit, I don't know much about period poverty. And, you know, obviously, I don't know much about the experience of it. But I do remember that there was a some pushback the last time this emerged in the public debate. Because Nur Hidayah Ahmad Zayed, the daughter of Amno President Ahmad Zayed Hamidi, came out and to say that she didn't think there was a problem. And she said it, it doesn't really cost that much. And she was herself involved in this sector, uh, you know, uh, manufacturing pads and so um do, does the does the campaign around period poverty lack a positive champion i mean Nurul Hidayah being a kind of the antithesis of that i mean is are there enough people especially those who are influential those in uh, popular culture you know actresses or uh, who can, who lend their name and their uh, their understanding to this campaign of late, I think there have been more um, influential figures that have been talking about this. I mean, obviously, um, bad examples aside, uh, we did have a short series in uh, on the Bulan Sisters account where we invited um, influential figures like uh, Tamina um, to talk about, uh, and even Al- Aliana Mukris to talk about uh, their 
period experiences. But I can understand why like some people of like a higher income bracket would see why this would be an easy problem to solve because, well, to them, 16 ringgit a month is really not much. So in short, there have been more people picking up the pace about talking about period poverty. And I hope to see more of that to come in the um, late, uh, in the latter t- uh, periods. And broadly speaking, do you think that this issue is taken seriously enough by policymakers to actually, you know, devote funds and energy to address it? I think, as I mentioned earlier, um, two years ago, probably not. But with this uh, initial budget of 200,000, like I said, this is, I can see this as a stepping stone into more long-term solutions towards period poverty. And people have been taking it more seriously because you see how this is affecting not just um, the people who are affected by it, but also the productive economy as a whole in Malaysia. Because if you have a certain percentage of the population down, uh, not able to hold a stable job or stable education, that's a good percentage of your productive population um, gone to waste. Joey, thanks so much for speaking to us today. Oh, Thank you for having us. That was Chao Joyi, co-founder of Bulan Sisters, uh, addressing period poverty, uh, but also the fact that Selangor is going to be the first state to introduce a free sanitary pad program next year as part of a move to address this very thing. So we'd like to hear from you. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that there is still a lack of awareness around period poverty? How can it be addressed? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.